CBD FX's CBD products are formulated to boost overall wellness and deliver calm vibes for daytime and nighttime use. CBD FX uses only organically grown hemp and all natural ingredients. CBD FX's best-selling line of CBD products features wellness-boosting CBD and legal Delta 9 THC gummies, oil tinctures, capsules, pens, and other products. Visit CBDFX.com today and use code GENIUS to get 25% off site-wide, plus a free CBD bath bomb with your first purchase. The code is GENIUS, G-E-N-I-U-S. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at cbdfx.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. Forget frequently asked questions. Common sense. Common knowledge. Or Google. How about advice from a real genius? 95% of people in any profession are good enough to be qualified and licensed. 5% go above and beyond. They become very good at what they do. But only 0.1% are real geniuses. Richard Jacobs has made it his life's mission to find them for you. He hunts down and interviews geniuses in every field. Sleep science, cancer, stem cells, ketogenic diets, and more. Here come the geniuses. This is the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Finding Genius Podcast. I have uh, Moshe Ratzon. Uh, he's an individual, couples, and family psychotherapist. Uh, he does life, career, and executive coaching as well. He's come out with a very useful book called Anger is Your Compass. I, I found the book uh, dealing with my own anger to be very, very helpful to give it a direction instead of just letting it eat you from the inside like like acid. So I think it's going to be an excellent call. Jose, thank you for coming. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me a bit about your background. What prompted you to to get into therapy? And then I want to ask you about how you came around to the topic of anger. Yeah, thank, thanks for asking that. I mean, just a little bit. You know, I had the, I have a story of multiple careers. Uh, you know, I was a professional athlete playing basketball professionally. I was a coach as well in in that sport. I was in the army, in the Israeli army. I was in the working for a embassy and consulate. After that, and later on, I was involved in uh, business, in high-tech uh, software, selling software, hardware, systems. And uh, luckily, at one time, I I was part of a company that was sold to Fortune 500. And thereafter, uh, you know, have decided to really go to school and uh, have uh, follow my passion, which is psychology. I always have psychology from very, very early age. I love philosophy, psychology, sociology. And, uh, you know, love to understand the people, change, the brain, so on and so forth. And here you go. After having my MBA, had another master's degree in marriage and family therapy. I love what I do. I have my private practice here in New York, working with couples individuals uh, about emotional intelligence, about anger, about conflict. I do a lot of executive coaching myself because of my business background. But I overall, you know, looking at things from very uh, holistic perspective, I believe that we need to attend to all elements of, of life. If it's career, if it's well-being, it's a physical, mental relationship. Ultimately, it's about being happy. So that's... Uh, well, well that... I think it's interesting that you're in New York. I'm from New York, and um, you know, I tell people that uh, in New York, everyone is amped and ready to like fight, you know, at the drop of a hat. And I felt like growing up there, if you make it to be 40 and up, and you're still in New York, if you don't watch out, you turn into like a miserable wretch because of all the anger and all the, you know, the intensity. What do you see in the the people that you counsel in New York versus, let's say, outside of New York? 
if you deal with anyone outside of New York? To be honest, I mean, most of my life here in the States is in New York, so it's, I cannot compare. Obviously, I mean, I was traveling all around the world and uh, living in different places in Europe. So maybe there is elements of, of kind of stress, so hectic life, uh, very quick and uh, rush and uh, to do more, to do more. But I'm not focusing on that. And maybe there is element of the external that impacting us, but a lot of it is, is, is really the ability to find peace wherever you are. So clearly you can cultivate some kind of like uh, practices uh, to be able to be more peaceful to me, to be calm, to find the environment that is conducive to to do that, to connect with people that really in similar mindset. And and where is your focus? So yeah, the external uh, aspect, the environment can influence you, but you can try to bring, you know, the peaceful uh, external environment closer to you. So why are you, uh, why did you write this book on on anger, why did that emotion in particular, why was it so important to you that you wrote a book on it? Yeah, uh, so, so originally, it's happened to me when I got my license, I, I joined a group of people, peers, kind of like a psychotherapist, and, and some of them uh, had this kind of like a niche of anger management. And I said, you know what, okay, let me let me check that. I obviously very interested in emotions, but I said, let me, there was a lot of demand at the time for that, for whatever reason. And I realized, wow, let me get into that. And after really exploring that, I saw, wow, there is so much into that. And when I'm talking about anger, even for it seems like, you know, maybe very, very specific, but I think I, I try to expand that to any uncomfortable emotions when you face frustration, disappointments, things are not going your own way, somebody blocks your needs or wants or desire, aspiration. So there is always different kind of flavors of anger, of course, with together with other, other elements and emotions. And I do believe because anger is unique uh, in a sense that it's so powerful and that give you so much motivation to act. It's really, in some ways, it's a fear, but, uh, you know, pushes you to act rather than running. But if you are able to deal with that emotions, then you'll be able, I believe, to deal with other lower level of emotions that are really have that kind of level of intensity. So the framework that I created, I think I believe helps many people dealing with that as an individual. And as you know, probably in a relationship which brings a lot of conflict and disharmony and how can we use that emotions as anger toward peace, personal growth and harmony. CBDFX full spectrum and broad spectrum CBD products are formulated to boost overall wellness and deliver calm vibes for daytime and nighttime use. CBDFX is offering our listeners an exclusive 25% off, which I think is very generous, plus a free CBD bath bomb with your first purchase when you use the code GENIUS. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at CBDFX.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. It's, um, the most trouble with anger, is it men or women? Is it just totally situationally dependent? My theory and belief is that I, I think I, I don't have the statistical. I mean, I, I believe anger is manifested differently between men and women, between different people. I do believe, you know, you can be uh, it's known that because whatever, whatever is your strength you can you can exploit that in some way. So if if the man, for example, I'm just giving an example, is physically stronger, so he would be po- probably more violent in a, in a physical sense. Yes, and if the if the woman is maybe more emotional, 
uh, or maybe able to articulate things. Maybe she can be more emotionally stronger and manifest that in that way and maybe passive aggressive way, you know. And so, so I ultimately, it's, it's really the way that, you know, anger is manifest itself. It could be many, many ways, but obviously, I mean, there is elements of aggression or not aggression, but this is the definition that um, we can get into that later on in our conversation. But ultimately, the answer is the person is moving toward connection, which is love, or toward separation, which is maybe uh, aggression. And I think men and women could do that in a different way, if it's answer your question. How did anger, again, become so important to you that you wanted to write a book on it? What was it? What was the need that you were trying to fulfill by writing this book? Is it just people have such a hard time dealing with anger that they need the help and instruction from the book? Or was it another reason? It's both. I think a big, big part of that is that I myself have dealt with anger myself in my own life, in my own relationship. And my mom was angry. And I said to myself, I would never be angry or never be like her. And for, for a long time, I was pretty peaceful until I got married. And then, you know, things have been started to come up. And, and uh, obviously, I wanted to change uh, my partner, uh, my relationships. It took me a while to realize uh, that ultimately I need to be responsible and accountable to, to my emotions and the way that I relate to anger. So that gave me a lot of insight. So combining, combining you know, working with my clients, working on myself, I, I developed that framework that I think could be beneficial um, to many. Was there a particular event or a turning point that no, caused you to no. focus on anger or no? No, not specific. It's it's a process. It's uh, many elements. It's not a particular point or a event that have led me to do so. Yeah, I don't want to spoil the book for people, but can you give a, a brief outline of, you know, when someone is, is feeling very angry, what are some steps that they could take to help mitigate it so they, they can think a little bit more clearly? There are many tools. I mean, first of all, I think uh, really the, the starting point is, is, is really understanding the emotions, understanding anger. And once you understand that and you have the knowledge, hopefully you can, what I call, reverse engineering that process and, and really have more control over that emotions over your life rather than allowing the emotions to control you. So, so I mean, I'm, I mean, I speak about three principles and three steps. I can speak on in general, and, and if you want me to get into a, a deeper level, uh, that that would be okay. But the first, the first element is is what I call take you know personal responsibility. We must be accountable. Uh, accepting responsibility and owning your anger is is almost like a prerequisite for managing any uncomfortable emotion, especially anger. So. We have to learn that angry behavior is reactive and it's ultimately polar opposite of responsibility because once we do something automatic, we are not mindful about that and we need to create a greater level of mindfulness of do that. So part of being responsible is, is understanding that you know, we have to move away from what I call victimization and, and blaming others and knowing that our, again, our emotions is ours and it's up to us to know what to do with that. So ultimately, once we recognize that, our goal is to, to look for solutions. And, and we can ask ourselves questions, uh, what can we do to change the situation? What are the opportunities that we have at that particular moment to, to grow or to, to be better, to be happier? And what can you do to create certain kind of values? And I'm touching about certain kind of values later on. But ultimately, it starts with personal responsibility. Later on, we need to adapt what I call practicing of non-judgmental mindfulness is the ability to observe the emotions, you know, not, not to react immediately, 
to find the space between the emotion itself and reacting. Many people, unfortunately, are repressing their emotions, they're not aware of it, or they're really automatically reacting. So, and again, this is about non-judgmental aspect toward yourself, toward the people that hurts you. You need to learn how to live in the present moment, to exercise compassion and patience, and ultimately direct your attention to, again, to create a value that we can we can talk about it. How do you give yourself a bit of time if you're like really pissed and really enraged, let's say, and you want to, you know, you're going to lash out and hit someone or you're going to do something that you're going to regret. How much space do you need? Is it just a few seconds or is it minutes or hours? And how do you create that initial space where you don't react immediately? That, that's a great question. I, I, I think many people are talking about so many uh, techniques, but most of the techniques I believe in are what I call prevention is better than cure, meaning it's 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 really set of mind thinking before, but that, you know, it's not personal. It's uh, something that we need to develop a greater level of compassion, non-judgmental, exactly the principles. And everything is, is, is a practice. But the moment that it happens, it's very, very hard to, to eliminate that or not necessarily to eliminate, but just to stay, like you said, without doing it. I think breathing, to breathe in, you know, deep breath, that's what calm, calming the system. That's really one of the main, probably, method that you can do that. Now, obviously, it's really depend depend on the level of the emotions. I mean, obviously, the greater the level of emotionality, the less the rational mind you can interject in that. And and I do believe that we all have what I call the point of no return. That even the Buddha, whatever it is, everyone having this point that that at one point you really cannot control it. Yes. Hopefully we can capture oh, yeah. emotion early on before before it's reaching this kind of point of no return. So briefing elements, and later on I'm talking about more specific things that could be done, but that's probably, if you're asking about the moment, what could be done, how can we right. take that space? That's, that's probably the, 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 main, the main aspect. So I guess you could say, no matter how angry you are, take the time for what? three deep breaths or five, and then you can still react, but maybe that's enough space for you to calm down a bit. Yeah. I mean, what we do, we try to reverse the, the, the nervous system because naturally uh, when you are angry, I mean, you, your heartbeat is increasing, you breathe shallow and you try to do the opposite. So you can try to, if you are, in order for you to do that, you need to be aware. Yes. You need yep. to calm yourself. You need to breathe deeper. And it's, it is a process. It is a training. That's why briefing process, mindfulness, meditation, all we, you know, we think about quick fix, but these are, we are all the elements of psychology are cultivation of practices. How do you practice creating that initial space when you get very angry? Can you set up a deliberate situation where you can practice that instead of it just, you know, yeah, I want to practice it, but I can't practice it until all of a sudden someone says something to me and makes me mad. Then I can practice it, but I haven't had any preparation for it. Oh, you you mean how can you practice that prior to uh, to a real situation that happens? Yes. Okay, this is also a good question, and I I, I many times encourage people. You know, many people think about anger at an extreme situation that, let's say, from a zero to ten. Let's say I'm I'm being, being triggered and emotional by the level of nine, but I am trying to cultivate some some process. But ultimately, as we mentioned before, the lower the level of emotionality, the greater the capacity to calm our mind. So try to pay attention to 
situation that are, 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 not as, are not as hard. Any negative emotion, any uncomfortable emotion, it's an opportunity for you to, to take a deep breath, to look inside, to reflect, and to practice that because there is more space for, for, to, for you to do that. I don't know. Somebody maybe didn't uh, send you an email and say, please respond immediately. And I don't know, you're getting aggravated. Or somebody tells somebody good morning and somebody does not respond and with good morning. Or maybe you go out and you're stuck in traffic. Or maybe you go, you know, you want to go out and it's raining outside. You feel uncomfortable. It's blocking you, but it's not extreme. Yes. So you have enough. Right. So you try to evaluate that, observe the situation, see how you feel about it in your body, in your mind. What are the thoughts that are coming uh, in, in, in your place? The more you do that in a small, little situation, you are training yourself. But many people don't think about it that is needed, <laughs> and, and they're waiting for the big stuff to happen. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, there's a lot of training needed. Is continual training needed? Like, what, what do people need to do? How much training? In order to help it's, 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 uh, let me say, it's, it's out of individual, but I do believe it's, it's, it's always a, a lifelong process. I mean, you know, I, I would say, you know, if we can define what is the meaning of change and what is the meaning of progress, I would say that it really depends on three factors. How frequently you're getting angry, what is the level of intensity of being angry, and how long is the recovery time? Hopefully, as you progress, the frequency in which you're getting angry is getting less and less. The intensity of the same situation is getting less and less. And the recovery time, let's say if you're in a relationship, if you don't speak to your partner for three days after being angry, hopefully you can, you can reduce that to two days or one day or two hours. So, so we have to look at that as process. It's not black and white. Now I'm angry. I should not be angry. We are you, we are still human, but hopefully we can cultivate that process for, you know, forever. But you can get into the point, I remember a situation that made me very angry, but after a while, no, maybe I'm a little bit disappointment, disappointed, but I'm not as angry as I used to be. So over time, it's just a gradual lessening, yes. shortening, shortening, intensity going down type thing. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Well, what do your clients experience as they go through this, as they're, you know, the number of times they get angry goes down, the intensity goes down, the duration goes down. What do they report to you? How, like, how does it change their life? Yes, it's exactly what they're reporting. I, I, I think it's, it is required commitment to the process. I mean, at the beginning, people come to me, they said, no, this is me. I cannot change. What are you talking about? They need to listen and they need to change their way of thinking. Really going back through understanding their emotion is theirs. They need to be responsible. They need to practice. They need to cultivate compassion for themselves and others. Understanding that they need patience. They need to be courageous to take the necessary action. And ultimately, many people report that after doing this work, ultimately their life changed and they become better husband, better partner, better uh, worker. And ultimately, they become happier. So that's part of the practice, then the benefits associated with that. Okay, so there's the initial creating of space and calming yourself down with deep breathing, things like that. What's next? We we, we, we talked about that, the personal responsibility. We talked about having a non-judgmental mindfulness that we discussed. And ultimately, one of the biggest part is what I call cultivation of compassion. 
is that when somebody is, is usually we we are angry when so when we think somebody is done the wrong to us is they're acting aggressively but if we don't take it personally and we understand that the other person is simply in a distress yes and then yeah. uh, you can develop that compassion and to really try to de-escalate the situation with the ability with the desire to help the person that that really was aggressive at that particular time so yeah sometimes um, i've noticed if um if i'm dealing with someone and they're like incredibly angry it actually helps me to be calmer like mm. sometimes the more angry someone is and when i observe that if it's that intense it it has the effect of actually making me a bit calmer cuz i'm like wow this person is like really really angry and i i don't know why it does that if someone's I guess passive aggressive that seems to be more like inflammatory to me but when it's straight out like anger mm. like rage then it's it's it, I don't know why it just seems easier to see and to deal with it makes me go the opposite way Okay that's that's very powerful and maybe it's worthwhile exploring why for you but but maybe you see you see you you connect that explosive anger which is visual and see that the person is in distress so and that's great so you can relate to that while maybe someone that is passive aggressive is not exactly able to do that and maybe you see that as manipulation yes yeah. <laughs> it's not <laughs> you know that that's interesting but that's really a, a great starting point to to really understand the universality of suffering that everybody doing the best they can uh, considering their abilities skills resources state of mind and when they are angry they totally lost it if we understand that underneath anger there is a lot of pain loss fear it's simply anger for these people it's simply a call for help and if you can really bring yourself to help them put yourself in their position understand their perspective ask questions you can really help them and ultimately i mean you you are in a dynamic situation that you are creating an environment that is positive and but that's again to most people it's difficult but that's why it's pra- it's a practice what about asking someone either directly or in your mind why is this person reacting like this what why am why are they angry try to figure that out for you know a few I've, I've, i think it's it's absolutely it's important to know that but it's important how to ask this question i mean if you're going to to some people if you're going to ask them Why are you angry? I don't know, maybe maybe some people will say oh, ask ask kind of a judgmental question or that you're not supposed to be angry. However, if you can tell me, can you explain to me? I really want to understand why you're angry. Oh, you know what? Is there is anything I can do? Can you tell me more? Yes, so you are more coming from a place of questioning in a good way, curiosity, understanding and ultimately understanding that I'm not judging you. I understand that you're in pain. Wow, I I see that you're upset right now. Can you tell me more about that? Absolutely. And then you de-escalate. Everybody wants to be validated, learn, be heard. And once you do that, I think it's a great way of of de-escalating and and really attending to to anger in a better way. Well, just for some contrast, what are some things not to do? What have you observed in couples and in interactions where it makes the situation far worse? Just to, you know, it's probably obvious stuff, but what what are things not to do? Yeah, obviously when uh, when you simply wants to be right and not to be happy, you try to just to talk and not to listen. You try to make your own point. You 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 maybe stand, they have a very facial expression very strongly, the body language is strong. You obviously can can be even aggressive toward the other person. Any act in which you are kind of like we can call it selfish, 
in any act that is not considering the other person. Now, you can protect yourself, but it doesn't mean that you have to be aggressive. And with, I, I also in the book, I'm talking about assertiveness and how can you really be assertive, not passive, not aggressive, but ultimately be calm, cool, and calculated in your response to someone that is very angry and aggressive toward you. Uh, this may be jumping around a little bit, but why did you call the book uh, Anger is Your Compass? What is the key statement there? Like, How do you use anger as a compass? It's a, it's a very good question. Uh, first of all, I wanted to make it kind of very, very appealing. I mean, uh, the main point is that many times we just don't like anger. We feel it's a bad emotion. I uh, really, the, the premise to ultimately to understand that every human emotion has a role in our life. It can direct us to something positive. The question is, what do we do with the emotions? And that could be appealing to any kind of uncomfortable emotions. How can we take anger, use it as a force toward a love and compassion? So that was the impetus to, to the name. Okay. What comes... So the initial space when someone angers you, that's important to create. Um, asking them in the right way, I honestly, I want to understand why are you, why do you seem to be so angry? You know, asking me the right way. What else needs to be done in order to resolve a situation? And, you know, I guess it's one thing to, to maybe help someone calm down a bit, but how do you resolve so that the anger doesn't flare up later? You know, I've, I've noticed, yeah. I guess, with myself, sometimes I may feel better for a little while, but then later on I return and I, you know, later on I'm, I'm thinking about the situation, I get angry again. So how do you, put a stop to it where it won't come back, where it'll come back at least a lot less. Yeah. So so I, I kind of like developed that framework that basically explain what are the needs underneath anger. And I think it's important to understand that. And there are four needs that I put together underneath anger. The first is what I call survival and, and, and safety. The need to protect ourselves and others when we are confronted by any kind of danger, intimidation, and risk. The second need is the, the need for integrity and justice. This is basically our need to take a stand for our morals and values. It's happened to anyone when, when we are facing a violation of our belief and standards. So when we have been manu manipulated or exploited... Oh, basically, when we talk about integrity and justice, what we simply say is that when we need to make the wrong right. So the third, the third need underneath anger is that what I'm saying is, is, is that the need for love and positive regard. Uh, this takes place when there is a threat to our ego and our self-image, when there is a negative impact on our social status, respect, and pride. And lastly, that it takes place when feeling of hurt, shame, emerge like being rejected, unwanted, and loved. And, and the last need is what I call the need for self-actualization and transcendence. In that case, anger takes place when someone blocks or inhibits our goals and aspiration. It has been triggered when we want to be fulfilled, be free from constraints, as well as giving to others, contribution to society, and also when we have a particular goal and somebody simply blocks it. Now, once we understand these needs... I'm saying we, this needs ultimately motivates us to create value. And if we are driven by these values, I believe we'll be able to deal with anger in a better way. So in that case, our need for survival, for example, and safety motivate us to protect ourselves and others. 
our needs for integrity and justice, in that case, motivates us to restore justice and harmony. And our needs to love motivate us to connect with ourselves and others. And lastly, our needs for actualizations motivates us to seek fulfillment and transcendence. Now, this is part of the process, but ultimately the process is about how to go about it in a way that creates value, but we're doing it in what I call a balanced and proportional way. And I, I get into a particular a metaphor, which I'm using the, the compassionate warrior, but I, want to, I don't want to talk too much, but I want you to give you a place for asking questions if you want me to elaborate on a particular thing that I mentioned. Yeah, so the expression comes to mind, uh, hurt people, hurt people. Have you ever heard that one? I'm sure you have. Yes, 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 I heard that, yes. Yeah, I think that's that's probably an underlying reason why not everyone, but some people are very angry. Like I had a, a friend that's, you know, like a personal trainer, and I didn't know for a while, like for like two years, and then he told me that he was gay. And then I said, oh, okay, that's fine. It didn't bother me. And then he was nicer to me after that. And I realized, oh, wow, he was carrying this around and he didn't say anything. And for some reason, it was bothering him. And then once he said it and he realized, I was like, that's fine. I don't care. You know, he was nicer. So that's why that, that phrase comes to mind. So I just wanted to see um, what's your experience with that phrase and, and how often does it, does it, is it the reason for anger in somebody? So, so to, to tell me in that case with your friend or it is when you say, how did you say that phrase? Oh, hurt people, hurt people. And how, how, what is the meaning? What is the meaning uh, associated for you when you talk about that? Well, I realized that, that he was hurting by not saying, you know, what was going on with him, and because of that, it caused him to uh, be mean. You know, he was like, I was considering stopping training with him because he was like a jerk a lot of times, and I'm like, what the hell? Are you acting like this? You know? But then when he when he uh, you know when he mentioned that, and I said, oh, okay, that's that's cool. I didn't know that. And again, it was no big deal. It really wasn't. All of a sudden, after that, then he was better. So it was weird. I guess he got that hurt out of him, and then he was—he wasn't as mean and irascible and as much of a curmudgeon. So that's why it comes to mind. Is I guess if someone's carrying a secret pain in their heart, it'll—it it causes them seemingly to act meaner to other people because they're hurting. So they—they they lash out in a way. It's like I don't know, like a, a dog where it's you know its leg is hurting and it's going to bite you if you come near it because it's in pain. Yeah, it's it's the point is that obviously underneath anger, there is hurt, there is pain, there is a need. Now, unfortunately, what happened when these hurt people hurt people, they simply unable to communicate their hurt and pain or needs in a gentle way, in a kind way, in a compassionate way, in a soft way, in a vulnerable way. Because they don't have the ability to, maybe they're not aware, maybe they don't have the skills they are unable to do so, so they feel maybe like a victim or maybe they want to, to blame someone. And then because they, their perspective is maybe wrong or unhealthy and they're unable to communicate that in a good way. And then as a result of that, they simply hurt other people. And it's unfortunate. And then we make the situation even worse. Yeah, I've realized that's happened to me many times. If I've had a day where, let's say, someone was really mean or I had a bad interaction, I have to be careful not to carry that through and be be short-tempered or terse with other people, you know, especially family. You don't want to bring home what happens during the day to them and be mean to them. And I also realized, like, if you're, if I'm mean to somebody, they're, they're going to, they're probably going to do the same thing. They're going to go and be mean to other people and it spreads out like a wave. 
But if I'm nice to somebody, they're going to soften and they're probably going to be nicer to other people. So it's weird. Like when, when anyone puts emotions out into the world, I'm not trying to be woo woo about this, but you know, again, if you treat people well, they're more likely to treat other people well, but if you treat them mean, they're more likely to be mean to other people. So whatever comes from you spreads out like a ripple and affects other people. Yeah, I think it's beautiful and it's powerful. I think, I think there is an expression that maybe you heard that as well. Emotions are contagious. Kindness are contagious. Compassion is contagious. Love is contagious. You know, there are so many elements in life that the more you do, you spread it around. You know that. When, when you see somebody smiling and, and getting in the room with happiness, wow, it's filled the room. You feel great. You enjoy being around that people. Yes, And if somebody is angry, suddenly say, what's going on? I don't like that. And then it's really impacting us. So, so it is contagious. But I do think once we understand that, again, going back to personal responsibility, we don't have to wait for somebody to be kind or to be nice. We can gain the power of changing the environment or changing others, mainly changing ourselves by being nice, by being kind. Wow. One of the greatest moments is that I know I met this guy that everybody was angry with because he was angry. I said to myself, you know what? Let me just kind of do an exercise. I, no matter what, I, didn't, I was not crazy about this guy. I didn't even like him. But I said, you know what? Let me see if I can be nice to him just for the sake of the exercise and see what happened. I was nice to him even though he was uh, not as nice, but with time. Wow. This person opened up to me. And we become nice. You know, I said, wow. And it was very powerful to me. I mean, maybe I'm giving myself too, too much credit that I was able to change him in that moment. But it was great feel that, you know, you're doing the right thing. And here you go. You, you listen to the person. You're kind to them. And suddenly this person is not as bad as everybody thought. So again, I was able to influence him. And I believe everyone, without exception, experienced something like this in their own relationship Uh, in some way or another. Yeah. Well, very good, Moshe. For people that uh, that want to do, you know, counseling and therapy with you, do you only do it in New York? Uh, do you also do it online? Like, where can people, you know, where do people live where they can get your help particularly? And then, um, you know, if not, they can they can read your book, I guess. A good start. But what's your recommendation here? So, so, so both. I, I do see people uh, in New York. I see them in person, but I also provide Zoom or virtual sessions uh, to people all around the world. So they can go to my website, uh, spiraltogrow.com, and, uh, you know, connect with me through that, uh, fill a contact, contact form, uh, send me an email as well. And uh, yeah, I will be more than happy. I, I do provide individual as well as groups, you know, to do that. Sometimes doing so different kind of like seminars or workshops. And um, yeah, try to spread uh, that framework to help uh, people uh, when it comes to uncomfortable emotions, specifically anger. Okay. Well, very good. Yeah, for listeners, um, I listened to Moshe's book, Anger is Your Compass. So I got it on audiobook myself, but uh, it, you know, it's available as well in, uh, in paperback. So, you know, great book, very useful. Uh, we all deal with anger. And Moshe, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about this. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. I do appreciate that, the opportunity really to share more about my philosophy. Thank you so much. Remember, before you go, check out CBDFX.com for the best in organic, all-natural CBD products, both for you and your pets. Boost your wellness today and get 25% off 
your first order, plus get a free CBD bath bomb when you use code GENIUS at checkout. That's code G-E-N-I-U-S. Don't miss this special 25% off offer for Finding Genius listeners only at CBDFX.com. Offer expires August 31st, 2023. Feel the difference with CBDFX. If you like this podcast, please click the link in the description to subscribe and review us on iTunes. You've been listening to the Finding Genius Podcast with Richard Jacobs. If you like what you hear, be sure to review and subscribe to the Finding Genius Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And want to be smarter than everybody else? Become a premium member at FindingGeniusPodcast.com. This podcast is for information only. No advice of any kind is being given. Any action you take or don't take as a result of listening is your sole responsibility. Consult professionals when advice is needed.